three, two, one. This is Working the Beat. It is Friday, April 10th, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us. Uh, We've had some technical snafus here that we're trying to get worked out. And uh, so instead of us doing this all on uh, FaceTime and and on a computer as we're doing everything remote, uh, our special guest joins us today by the phone, and so is Mr. Kern. It is Jack McCaffrey from the Delco Times who is working hard as we go through this period with um, with no sports going on, but a lot of other stuff. Jack, how are you? Hi, Kev. Hi, Mike. Hope you're being safe down there, pal. I always have been safe. <laughs> so far, so good. Um, yeah. All right, so a lot to t- touch on here as uh, the weekend, Easter weekend approaches, usually one of the biggest weekends on the sports calendar between baseball going on is – and we all get set for the NFL draft and the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and Masters and and the Masters the Masters is half over. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. And um, you know, instead here we're we're obviously all in, in this pause pattern. And, and Jack, what? Let, let's start with the obvious right now. I mean, you usually have a pretty good gauge on where things are going. Um, where do you think things are going right now as we sit? basically a month into this uh, quarantine. Oh, it's slow, but getting there. Uh, we all were asked to flatten the curve, and we did social separation and such, and we flattened the curve. The curve is becoming flattened. I don't know that we're ever going to be required, uh, sadly, to cure all diseases in the history of the world. We were asked to flatten the curve. We're getting that done, and once the curve is flattened and it's this, this this horrible virus is, is less threatening than it could have been, then uh, there'd be time to get back and open up the economy, and that would include sports, which is such a big part of the economy. So uh, to answer your question, getting there, we're getting there. Uh, well, obviously the obvious question, um, you know, when it comes from a sports end, I, I should point out you were in Indianapolis at the Big Ten tournament when this all shut down. Um, you know, you're, you know, we've said this a couple of times on the show, your brother is the head coach at Iowa, Fran, what was it like being there when kind of everything came to a halt? It was interesting because a trivia answer would be, I actually, there was big 10 tournament games. I saw the game. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, Minnesota played uh, Northwestern and I was there. So they played that. That was uh, normal, just normal. Uh, it was an earlier round game, so there wasn't it wasn't really a full house, but it was a normal Big Ten, good, entertaining game. Then the following day, they were going to uh, limit it to 150 uh, spectators per team. And that's a great question you asked, Kev. What was it like? Uh, you guys have been to the field house in Indianapolis, I'm sure. Uh, so you go into the, in the field house in Indianapolis and I was I went over there. Sherry and I went over there for the first game, which was going to be uh, Rutgers was and Michigan, I believe. And we were standing out and they had this gigantic lobby out front of the, that, of, of the, yeah. uh, 
arena. So we're waiting in the lobby for the ticket windows to open. There was, I would guess there's probably about 300 people there, 150 from each team, whatever. And everybody was standing there. You could, you could see uh, kind of inside, you could see that there was activity and TV lights. You could hear the teams warming up. And then uh, they just came out and said, no, we're not going to have this big 10 tournament. And what was it like? Everybody just turned out, walked back out uh, to the street went, and went back to where they were. So it was, it was kind of sudden. And it was kind of it was kind of weird that we were standing with about 300 people, and you could see an empty arena in there and hear basketballs dribbling, but there wasn't going to be a game. But uh, that was the, at that point, I guess the feeling was everybody was going to be willing to do their part. This is going to help save up to a million lives. People were going to do it. There wasn't there, there wasn't a whole lot of complaining. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, oh, it's woe is me, like they're doing this to our team. I mean, nobody's team was being hard done to any right. more than anybody else's team. So it wasn't as if anybody said, oh, boy, imagine imagine that. Imagine what a bad break we got. No, it, it wasn't that. It's kind of like, mm, okay, that's it. It was a good season, and we had a good season, and let's go. That's it. Mike? That was it. Mike? Mike, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, there was two things that actually happened today, Kevin, that I think are pretty interesting. One is, and I have not read the article, but I was listening to something that referred to an article that apparently the New York Times published today saying, and I don't know who they were quoting, if it was government officials or doctors or whomever, that if we don't stay out, like we're doing right now, at least another month or two, we will get to a point where it will be like we never did this. That the 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 um the people who get infected, the deaths, the whole thing will be like we didn't. We will be at the same point we would have been if we never did anything. Right. Which leads me to believe that the country is not going to come back as fast as people think it is. At least to where we want to be so-called normal. The other thing is, apparently, a lot of fans who were polled have said they don't want to go back into stadiums until they feel safe with a, I guess, with a vaccine or whatever. And you had a couple of ADs, most notably today, the Ohio State Athletic Director, who said if it's not safe for fans to be in an arena or a stadium, why is it safe for players? And Chip Kelly mentioned that, yes. These are all valid questions. That somehow, I know because the economy is so bad and is going to get bad, but people just want to kind of, we want to go back so bad that I'm just afraid we're going to go back before we should go back. And, Chip, and I think that would be even worse. Right. Sorry about that, Mike. But Chip Kelly mentioned that yesterday, too. He asked if it's not safe enough to have fans in the stands, why is it safe enough for players to hit against each other? And that's maybe the best point Chip has made. Um Jack, I well, mean, the answer would be because, because they would all have been tested. Well, yeah, and and, yeah, and if you're tested, and if you've had that, and and, and you you're immune to it, then it's not an issue at all. Jack, that would be the answer. Well, right. what uh, what is the? I mean, what is the the uh, colleges and pro leagues are separate here. Um, how challenging is this going to be? Because you're familiar with the college landscape pretty well. Obviously, you know you know it with yeah. Um, 
the challenge is for colleges because one, the workers aren't paid or the players aren't paid. I know they're paid in scholarships, but they're not paid. Uh, they get they get stipends. Right, but but there's a there's a legal quality here. I think that may come in the question whether you can put them back out there as opposed to a professional athlete who is getting paid handsomely for his risk. This gets into a really dicey area, doesn't it? About what and because college football is so much of athletic budgets, um, you know, have already taken a big hit without March Madness. Like this is a real dilemma for these colleges uh, going forward, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, it's uh, it's an issue that they weren't expecting, but it's it's doable. It's uh, it's um, as I understand it, I could stand to be corrected on this, but even prior to this, if an athlete was under eighteen, you still had to get their parents to sign off on it if he had a an ankle injury or anything else. Right. Still had to be, but I, eighteen or over. Well, well, you know, I mean, if, if, the, if the guy wants to play, he can play. Well, the question would be, would you then pull scholarships for players who may be uncomfortable to play? You know, and that's, yeah, that's another dilemma. Let me, let me ask you about the, no, I would, they wouldn't be pulling anybody's scholarships. No, they need people on campus at this point. That's one. Uh, but let's, let me turn to the, uh, to the pro leagues, uh, major league baseball f- floated its second trial balloon out there today. Um, and the idea is pretty radical, but uh, Bob Nightingale wrote about it in USA Today that basically instead of the, everybody going to Arizona, it would be split among the spring training sites, Arizona and Florida. National and American League would be gone for the year. It would be basically Grapefruit League and Cactus League playing, not in, playing in front of fans, and basically divisions would be realigned to like the teams around Tampa and Clearwater would play in one division and all that. Um, is this workable to play at sp- in like basically quarantine sites, you know, Tampa or Arizona or in the NBA's case, Las Vegas? Sure. It's workable, uh, especially with, with, in, in a situation like baseball, which is really at a, at, at a turning point anyway, it's, it's, it's got some, some issues it's got to confront they get a really get a one year pass this year to try a bunch of different things. Now, obviously this, this solution that USA today has somehow come up with that's uh, that sounds a little bit over the top, but uh, you know, I don't know why it couldn't happen. If that's what they wanted to do, they could put the games on TV and people could watch it. And you know, I hope they're not talking about an entire season doing that. Yeah. At some point they're going to yeah. be, because they're going to be coming back and playing in their, their regular stadiums. That's, you know, by July, you'll be fourth of July. Maybe there'll be games back in you know on the major league fields. But to get it started down in, in Florida, uh, it might make make sense. Might uh, might be an interesting uh, TV programming. Mike, yeah, I I just I mean it, when we talk about these things, and again, maybe I'm just an idiot in the room and I'm too cautious. I hear us talking about things. I'm thinking like really, like. By July, we're going to be able to play games in Philadelphia. Um, or we're going to play games in Tampa. I mean, Florida could be like the next hotspot, for all we know. Um, and, and like, okay, so you're going to take it to Arizona. You're going to get 12 hotels or hotel, whatever you're going to do. Are you? And you're going to quarantine these players. You're going to quarantine the umpires. 
You're going to, are you going to quarantine the maids that are going to work in the hotels? You're going to quarantine the cooks that are working in the hotels. There's just so many moving parts and variables in all this that I think people aren't thinking through because they want sports back so much. And I get that. I understand that. I'm, I'm not that stupid, but I, I just don't understand if we try to do something and it backfires, what did we gain by doing it? You know, I saved a, lot, they saved a lot of lives already. They said people want sports back. They want sports back. They want freedom of religion back. They want freedom of, of assembly back. And it's uh, and they deserve that. They, they people have paid their price. They've flattened the curve. And at some point, you know, you're not going to you're not going to hide under your bed forever and hope that there's no disease. There's going to be disease. There just may be, and there might be less of it because of what we've done. You're never gonna you're never going to stop people from living their life forever. And we we're we're talking sports because this is a sports program. Sure. But it's yeah, people but are allowed to people do Jack, else. But Jack, that's what the, the twenty year olds at spring break were telling us three weeks ago. I'm gonna live my life. Well that's fine. But when your life can impact my life and if you don't go out. If you don't want to go to the game, then don't go. Well, that's fine. If you're under and if you're under eighteen, then maybe you do have to have a parents uh, waiver for it. I'm going to tell some 21-year-old man he can't go to a baseball game? At well, some point, you know what? He's allowed to. Well, and, that, and the other point in this, and Jack's right about the economy. I mean, the, the economy... I think well, these I'm te- sorry, Jeff, I lost you there. No, I said the, yeah. you're right about the economy. I mean, there is a certain economy. There's an economic factor that's come in here that's going to have to be addressed at some point of when you bring these teams back because... Kevin, you're, you're breaking up, Kevin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Kev. I didn't hear you. There. No, no. I'm trying to see. If... I, I hear you better now. I hear okay. You, better now. you hear me better now. Okay. Um, you know, there's an economic factor in this as well. That that's tough to to balance. Um, because you don't want to lose. You know, we just saw a league today, and, and Grant. You know, I'm not sure if many of us thought the XFL would last a long time. But the XFL is going out of business. You're talking layoffs. Yeah, the Sixers tried to lay people off. There's probably going to be layoffs coming from other pro sports teams the longer this goes. There's an urgency to get back, but Mike's right in a sense where you can't bring it back too soon or you're going to lose lives. I mean, there is a there's a real fine line for all these commissioners that have to walk here. It is, and it's going to take one of them to have the courage to be the first to do it, and I expect it to be the NBA. I believe that history will show that this, this the dominoes began to fall on the night when the NBA canceled its season. And once that, then, then there became a great peer pressure from you know, college leagues and the NHL and baseball and the XFL and the rodeo and the masters and everybody else. Okay, well, we're not going to do that. Once somebody figures out that, okay, the curve is flattened, we're going to go back and, and live our lives, then somebody will have to be the first one to figure out a way to do that. My guess is it'll be the NBA because they're usually the smartest at doing things like that, and they'll figure out, and then, then the peer pressure will be off. Let me. It's, uh, we, we were asked to flatten the curve. We weren't asked to secure all diseases. Let me, let, me, let me move this to an NBA question then as far as the Sixers. I mean, you know, when the, when this all broke off, Ben Simmons is out. It looked like till the playoffs at least. Yeah. Um. If they don't return, however, 
if the season is lost possibility what happens yeah. with what happens with Brett Brown first and foremost he'll be back coaching the team again next year it's uh it's it was an interesting year it was it was the strangest year that i've seen and the numbers uh, uh, you look at the numbers I mean, who goes 29 and 2 at home and then is kind of about a 500 team or something like whatever they were. Correct me if I'm wrong. 500. Uh, they were under 500. Yeah, they were under 500. Yeah. Yeah. Under 500. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you can't, you can't ignore one, but you can't ignore the other either. Um, I've chalked it up to just the way that the numbers broke down. This They were a team that was on a pace to win 49 games. They were also on a, their schedule was such that it was appeared to look like the better it was going to become favorable to them down the stretch. So you're looking at about, I would have projected about a 51 or 52 win team that it was so dramatic home and away results. I was willing to write it off as just one of those quirky mathematical kind of weird things that's going to happen once in a lifetime over infinite amount of games and it's just they were it's the old cliche you are what your record says you are they were going to be a 52 win team and uh it was a, it was a weird year it was it was the darndest thing i ever saw because kev you and i went sat together at several sixers games this year you were covering for the aps out there and and you would watch the game and there would i can't speak for you but for me i had zero percent expectation that they would lose you watch the game and you say they are not losing this game. I mean, I, I, I underline the word great, like, like unbeatable, like there's no way they lose this game. And they go on the road and and all of a sudden they're throwing the ball out of bounds and it's I don't know. So anyway, 50, but, I, I put them down as a 50-ish minute team, four or five seed. They lost the seed on on a tiebreaker, five six seed on a tiebreaker. Meh. Yeah, so you bring it bring it back and try it again next year. The only thing we would say is that at some point Embiid that, that was Embiid's seventh year out of college. Next year will be his eighth. At what point, you know Are you kidding He's been out that long? Wow. I'm, well he sat out two years. Right, right. Sat yeah. out two and played five, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I didn't think it was that long. My yeah. God. Yeah, so next year will be his eighth. Let's say he's going to have a, and I and he's an injury prone guy, and I'm not telling tales out of school. Let's say he has a 16 year career. It'll be half over next year. Let's say he has a 12 year career. It'll be three quarters over already. And you you know, so if if the, if the process was such that that you're going to get one of the great players of all time, and I'm a big Joel Embiid fan as a player, I think he's tremendous. I, I love his game. Well, he's won what two playoff series? Yeah, not enough. No, it's not. And but but Mike, I, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about. It. I still view that inconsistency as a little bit of an indictment on on the head coach because it, it, it seemed like. And I know Jack makes fun of me because I blame coaches yeah, for everything. Yeah, but I mean that is a there isn't there something to be said for a fresh voice. I mean, I, I said to you last the last podcast we did, Kevin. I think I agree with Jack 
in the sense I think I don't know what the ownership's thinking, first of all. But I think there's a chance if they don't play again, he could be back. And he might be on a short leash next year. I don't know what that means. But my biggest problem with the coach is not necessarily how he coaches, but that I think his two biggest stars have kind of tuned him out. When you tell your point guard you want him to shoot the ball once a game, twice, whatever he said back in once, when he right. said it, right. and yeah. the guy deliberately does not shoot, well, that's telling you that he ain't listening to the coach. When Embiid does some of the things, like not being in shape like he should be and things like that, that's not Brett Brown's fault. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying Brett Brown is Red Auerbach. What I'm just saying is at some point that falls on Terrell Embiid and Ben Simmons. Well, the one, the one, the one thing I would say to you, Kev, about Brett Brown, and, and, and we do, you and I kid each other about that. Yeah. You, you, I, I'm maybe pro, too over pro coach. You, you're always kind of looking to. to I know, fire him every Saturday. I know. What, 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 I, what, I, what I would have agreed to to is that he he was on a he was on a show cause here in the postseason. He couldn't have one more early out again. He was going to go. You heard that from Elton Brand. Didn't con- commit to him really very strongly. And you saw the year before Josh Harris didn't commit to him very strongly. He didn't commit to him past one round. So I'm not uh, I'm not naive here. I know what I know what shaky ground Brett Brown was on, and he was going to have to win a couple of playoff rounds or more is the fact that if, if the scenario you set up that they're not going to have those playoffs, well, he's not going to get fired. He didn't have his, he didn't have the chance to do it. He didn't have the opportunity to do it. Do you, do you, that's interesting, Jack. That's a, that's a fair take on it. I think too. I do. Jack, do you, do you think this organization's dysfunctional? Oh, I'd like to, to, uh, yeah, that's a good, interesting question. Dysfunctional organization. I think. I think anytime you're anytime you're going to be involved with with Ben Simmons, you're going to have problems. Now, if I look at it like this. Let, let's say the Sixers had a job. I think we talked about this one. Had an opening for a coach, right? And, and available out there was the coach of the Australian Olympic team mm-hmm. who. Knows Australia like nobody else in the world, who has been a Popovich uh, disciple, who coached Ben Simmons's father at one point in his life, and his personal friends of the 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 uh, Simmons family, and who has averaged fifty plus wins over the last three years. You would be going out there with a brakes truck to give that guy as much money as you could possibly get to bring him in to try to sit, solve the Ben Simmons issue. Brett Brown, as Mike just referred to, asked him to shoot one three-pointer a game. One. From the minute those words came through Brett Brown's mouth, Ben Simmons shot exactly zero total three-pointers after that. That's this, to you, if you want to use your phrase, that's dysfunctional. And if there's dysfunction, it starts with that guy. And it's, and it's, it's unfortunate because guess what? He's a really good player. But, but it's not but, just but it's, it's not just Simmons though. I mean, Embiid with it, Embiid with his conditioning, the the owner, the owner like backing down from the center when he you know on the whole thing earlier in this pandemic where it looked like he was laying uh, asking the staff to take a pay cut, then Embiid kind of guilt shames him and all that. 
it looks like it's too too much drama for an organization, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it has it has been it, re- it really has been it has been for a long time. They uh, the, the the last year during the playoffs, it was it was it was, and I, I wish I could be a little bit more specific, but I think you were there, Kev. I mean, Brett would do his pregame um, talk and say one thing about injuries. And then before the, the, the talk was over, some player was saying something else entirely contradictory to it, mm-hmm. to the point where where Brett Brown literally said, "That's it. I'm not talking about injuries anymore. Right. I'm not doing it because he was he was realized that the communications breakdown around like was a bad look. Nobody was on the same page with anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what was it, guys? Yeah. Something that was real interesting." Somebody wrote a column, I don't know if it was Bob Ford, Murph, I, I don't know, in the last day or so, or Marcus or Bob, I guess it would have been, that every time this um, organization needs somebody to speak up about something, they always ask Brett. They're never putting other guys out there. Like, like, and Brett's always forced to be the voice of the team Some in some yeah. cases where I don't think he should be. No, I agree and with I that. And I think that's a little bit dysfunctional and not fair to Brett. Yeah, I think it's a fair phrase, dysfunctional, and and I'll and I'll elaborate on your point with Brett. I don't think it's fair to him either. And you notice, Brett Brown never says one syllable past the obligatory, whatever obligation he has to do it pregame, postgame, training camp from October practice. through April, and that's it. Yeah, and practice. Yeah, practice. That's it. He never says a peep during the offseason. Never. Say, so, yeah, he, he he has decided, from my view, that I will do everything I can to be the spokesman of this team during the obligatory periods. But after that, you're on your own. You people figure it out. So you're well, right. He's a good they left great, great, great phrase. So they Because they left him out to drive through that process. Wow. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they yep. did. Jack, let me let me swing to the to baseball here. Um you know, obviously we don't know when the season's going. We do know JT Real Muto when whenever the season ends or if there is no season, uh will become a free agent at the end of at the end of 2020. Um and the Phillies I thought were trying to play the long game and, and seeing if they could stay under the luxury tax this year and then get him signed and kind of try to get a bargain. Now, how much trouble are they in right now? If, again. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. What? There's no season. Is he still a free agent? Yes. Yeah, he becomes okay. a free agent. He becomes a free agent because okay. that they that was agreed to with the Players Association and everything. Okay. Um, the Phillies are in a real tough spot here because they may be, they may lose their second best player without really, you know, having a chance to keep them at this point. It's, it was always going to cost them a lot more than they thought it was going to cost them. I, I, I was looking at those estimates, and I kept saying to myself, wow, are they low? Because if that guy hits the free agent market, it's going to be huge. He, he uh, in a way, boy, did it help JT Romuto, because we're, we're, if he played this year, and he made I there's still going to be a baseball season. Let's be honest. Baseball but if he played and somehow knock on wood, had some career threatening injury or something, boom, then 
you know, that was the risk he took by not, you know, signing earlier. Right. But now he gets he gets to not play and go right to free agency with no risk of injury, possibly, and that that price is just going to skyrocket. Uh, my my feeling is that the Phillies were prepared to pay it, were prepared, were budgeted for it, uh, would not have made the, the, the Sanchez trade and, and, and the Alfaro trade if they weren't prepared to do it, have a have an owner uh, or a, a managing partner or president, whatever you call Middleton, who's willing to spend. And is willing and, to fly and, to and, Oklahoma and, to talk to him. And we're going to fly those. And, and we've talked to JT Roman. He's, he plays things close to the best. But he's he's above average happy here. He's not miserable. He's not he's not he doesn't have his his uh, equipment bag over by the front door waiting to get out of here. <laughs> he, he's 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 given the Phillies fair opportunity to, uh, to to make a bid for him and said all the right things. Seems to like it here. Likes Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's, you know, you're 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 tied into a, a truly great superstar for the next dozen years. So you'll have he'll be hitting above, in front of or behind Bryce Harper for for the rest of his career. So he's he's got a, he's now got a manager who was a former catcher. So there's there's a lot of reasons for him to want to stay. But the, this uh, the bill just went up a little higher for the Phillies. I'll say that. Mike. And they gave up a lot to get him, too, didn't they? Yeah, they Sanchez and Alfaro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, when they gave up that, they they were, in my view, were committed to paying for whatever it took. And he had, he said all the right things. He said, yeah, I'll, I'll play for the Phillies. And we should point out that the yeah. Phillies can't sign him. No, there's no There's a transaction freeze right now in Major League Baseball that you cannot yeah. talk to a player or his agent you know, aside from checking in on their health, obviously, but you can't talk contract talk terms and you can't sign them, obviously, while all this is going on. Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what their, if their salary cap issues or luxury tax issues or whatever, but they got maybe the best catcher in baseball. And I know when you sign a guy maybe four or five years, I know at the end of that contract, he's not going to be the guy he is now. But why, you know, why would you want to mess with that? It just seems to me like for the sake of a couple million dollars, which it seemed like that was the difference. I don't, maybe that's not the difference, but I just think that was something you had to get done. It was, you know, not, you don't even want to go into the off season thinking you might lose him. That's just me. I kind of agree with that. Uh, In fact, I, I definitely agree with that. If, they they were taking a big they took a big risk uh, even letting them go to arbitration and such. It's, I understand what they were trying. We under we get what they were trying to do. It's only arbitration. It sets the market. Every both sides sometimes like arbitration. It, it resets the market. They were able to save some money under the luxury tax. The, theoretically, they were going to buy another pitcher or something at around the trade deadline. I get all of that, but boy, uh, yeah, I agree. It's you got a superstar like that. Jack, you, you just Jack, get him, Jack, get him signed. Were either of you guys surprised that he didn't get the higher total in the arbitration? He's a little bit, a little bit, but uh, it, it's uh, he didn't, it wasn't like he got a dollar ninety nine either. Right. Kev was it ten million, something like that. Yeah, he got he had asking? ten million, and the and he yeah. was asking for fourteen. And yeah. the rationale, the, the rationale why okay. he didn't get it is he was trying to base his numbers on different 
positions, like an outfielder or something, because you know projecting right. projecting the amount of game, you know what his numbers would have translated to financially if he played 150 games as opposed to 130, which a catcher does. And arbitrators went, you can't really do that. That's why he lost on the lower number, which is kind of bogus, but it, it is the market at this point. So, right. I mean, he's ju- he's being judged against other catchers. He's not being judged on overall value within the sport. And that's... Hey, Jack, when you go to arbitration with the, with the Delaware County Sanford, do you ever win the arbitration? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Every time. Hey, hey, Jack. Hey, Jack, before I let you go, one of my favorite segments you've done... I get my trout money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite segments you've done all these years, and usually your weekend notes column or your Saturday column, I guess it is, is uh, stuff you don't get. The I don't get it. What what with I, you know we're looking for stuff to have fun with. What aren't you getting right now? There's a, there's a few that I, that I don't get. Uh, you get <laughs> I don't get movies. I, I don't get movies about uh, the the wrong guy being in prison. I don't get that one. I don't get <laughs> house addresses house addresses that have a half in it. You ever see those? Yeah, oh yeah. Like duplexes. I don't get those. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a few. I'm always open for. Hey, I get them. People email me them, and I, I I throw them in there. I have fun with it. So if you guys have any, make sure you email me some. And I I never let any go to waste. I I, I Jack, that could be a book. <laughs> it could. I'm it could. Things oh, I don't man. get. Things you don't. I don't get. It could be a website, that's for sure. Do you? All right, I I'm got. Sure probably, I'm sure it probably is one. I got one for you. Okay. Yeah. Pe- I don't get people who can't follow the arrows now in a supermarket. Okay. Like I'll use it this week. Like it's a clear like now. Now they have them all on the floor, and they have clear arrows going up one aisle and down another, and you have people who still ignore it. It's like, is it that hard, really? You know, yeah, everybody's trying to stay healthy here. Just go along with the program. Yeah. So, yeah, what do you think? I mean, we're going to have sport. We're going to have sport. I hope we have baseball anyway. Uh, I'll be honest, Jack, you're a lot more optimistic than I am right now. No baseball at all. I don't think there'll be baseball at all. Nah, I think the, I think the one sport that's going to play something. I just don't, I think it's going to take longer than we think, mm-hmm. but, and I don't think it's going to be like 160 games, but I think there's going to be something. Well, I think of the, at some point. I think of the team sports. I think the NBA is the one that's most likely to come back. Uh, Jack, I'm not even sure we're going to have a start of a football season. I think that may get the lead. Yeah. I think if the, uh, if, if the NBA is going to play, then the NFL is going to play. Well, the NFL, well, you, you, the NFL will get every dollar it can. You know that. I mean, that's just yeah, the way they are. Yeah, there'll be there'll be medicines and, and the thing. I mean, this is people are are not obligated to be under house arrest for any more than they have to be in order to bring this down some. Right. right. We're not going to cure everything. It's, absurd to think that we can't go back well, into a football stadium because somebody might catch it. Oh, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. But yeah. I, I guess. So, Jack McCaffrey of the Delco Times. Jack, thanks for picking. Right. Hey, uh, right, be safe, Jack. Thanks to Jack McCaffrey of the Delco Times for joining us. Uh, Jack's more optimistic than you and I, I think, on this one. Mike. Well, hey, look, but that, and that's, look, it's okay. 
it, it, it's okay to be optimistic. You, it, it, there's nothing wrong with that. My only point where I disagree with Jack a little bit is that your right not to be inside is your right. Whoa, 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 whoa. That impacts my rights mm-hmm. and your rights. And this notion that, well, we're not going to cure this. Well, at some point we will. That point wow. might be a year from now. That point, I, I don't know when that point is, but to just say that, my, okay, it's there. Right. And some people are going to get sick and some people are going to die if we can do something about it. Now, the impression I got was that, and, and you know, that Jack's right. I mean, Jack's right in one sense. That the minute you can open it up and let people move freely, you shouldn't tell people you have to sit in your house all the time. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But but you also, as a government and as a people, my opinion is you do have to err on the side of caution and until you have a better handle on it. And look, the curve is stabilized, but there's still 770 people who died in New York State. Kevin, the curve ain't stabilized. It's... I mean- it's whatever word you want to use right. to mean it wasn't as bad as it was Monday. That's fine. The problem in this is if in on May 15th, let's just say for the sake of argument, mm-hmm. we go back to to something close to what we were, people wearing masks, but people, and it, by the middle of June, we once again have kind of like a situation that we're in now, or maybe not as bad, but does that make it right? And I understand no. there are business questions. If there was no such thing as an economy, we there, this would be a no-brainer. You just do this for three, four months, and hopefully most of it's gone by then, and you're closer to getting a vaccine, sure, and and on and on and on. But we're not, and, and I, I don't know how you equate the two because I'm not a business person. I don't own a store. I don't. Well, you know, I'm not. I didn't get laid off from my job. I, um, and I was talking to a buddy of ours who is a future businessman and you know who I'm talking about um, who was getting set to gear up for an opening. Oh, 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 okay. I knew. Okay, fine. Okay. And now he's having to file paperwork with his bank and the small business administration because he's still paying rent on his sure property, but there's no revenue coming in and good luck with that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, doing everything in duplicate and triple kit and everything and, you know, this is the, this is the tough, this is the dilemma whenever we start. And this is why, like, you know, we look at sports as a way of entertainment, but also as a leadership role. And we saw what Adam Silver did as an, as a leadership moment in sports. Mm -hmm. And yet I almost think for as, as important as it became for, as important as it became for sports to gear it down and set the right tone that this was serious, I think it's important for sports to be very cautious and not just rushing back in to say we're rushing back in. And some of these plans, to be honest, have me a little concerned that we're just doing it to get to grab a dollar. And here and, and by the way, did you see where where Devin Mitchell is it is that his name? From the other guy the other guy that tested positive on you. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, I'm sorry, is now like so mad at Rudy Gobert that they think they're going to have to trade somebody. Yeah. They're going to have to trade Gobert or whatever. Hey, Donovan, he didn't give it to you on purpose. I mean, you know, look, it was he. he No, no, no. But the word is not only did he do the thing at the microphone, 
which made himself was, look like a total asshole. Right. But he did apparently when he was in the locker room and stuff, he was apparently making fun of it. Whatever, whatever words you want to put to it. I wasn't there. I'm just saying. The problem with all of this, Kevin, is if no money was involved in any of this, if money wasn't an issue, nobody would be talking about bringing this stuff back. As much as the American people need sports, I get it. We, we need a diversion. We need this. We need stuff to bet on. Hey, look, I just started working for a website that was doing betting stuff. Well, yeah. bad timing, right? But I, I just fear that, like, like Jack said, well, who, you know, if you want to go to a stadium, go to a stadium. But that's wonderful. But if 10 people go to the stadium and get infected, and then they infect 10 people, mm-hmm. and, and on and on and on and on and on. I think maybe, you know what, I'm going to use my right as an American. I ain't going to to any stadiums. You won't see me, but I wasn't the person that was going anywhere. The bigger dilemma is, and this is a problem none of us want to talk about that often, but it's not just that. There's also, for all these leagues who want to make money right now, there's also a a legal risk if you open a stadium up too early. And the scenario of, the one person has it. He passes it to ten, to ten people right. in the stadium and all that. Right. Uh, who's responsible then? You know, for medical bills, for for you know, God forbid, next of kin, whatever. Well, let's say, let's just say a business goes back. Let's yeah. let, you know, my my son. You know, well, maybe my I don't know. That's probably a big example. But let's say you're a business and you've been closed, or you've been working from home, whatever. And now you say, no, we can go back, and somebody in your business get sick and then you know other people and you know that's going to happen right because like jack said we, we haven't eradicated it um there's and, and i think that question is even more so on the collegiate level level because and that's where i was with, trying to go with it on that you're one. not dealing with sports teams you're dealing with universities temple has thirty five thousand students or whatever they have you're, so you're, you're, we're talking about 100 football players mm-hmm. or, or 12 basketball players or, or whatever, but you can't just judge them in a vacuum. You have to put them in the context of the 35,000 students. Yeah. And you can't just say, well, we're going to play football games on Saturday because we need to. Okay, well, but, but what does that mean? That means, you know, just those kids are going to be the only ones on campus. They're going to be over there on 10th and Diamond practicing. I mean, it, it, it's it's if you really take a step back and you take the fact out of it that that we are going through a really really unique tough time mm-hmm. it's just so stupid and absurd what some people are throwing around it really is like in a perfect world you would just say wait until this damn epic thing is over we have a vaccine and then we're all going to go back to being normal so to speak but no and then if Kirk Herbstreit comes out and says, I don't think we're going to have a season, then some people are blasting Kirk, Kirk Herbstreit. How can you say that, Kirk? Well, because he's using common sense. Well, it's easy for, it's easy for the Mike Gundy's and the uh, Mike Gundy came out and said, you know, we got to open this yeah. up. You know, uh, it's easy for Dabo, Dabo and Dabo. Brian Kelly and all of them. And, it's like, and that's what they do, Kevin. I mean, that's their, I, I get it. They're coaches, you know. But they're also leaders of young men, right? And they should be setting the right example for those young. And men. And that's why what I said, what Chip's, what Chip Kelly said yesterday, made the most sense. If it's not safe enough for kids to sit in stands, yep, then it's not safe enough for kids to play, right? 
and it stinks and it's awful and none of us want to see college football and college basketball go away but hey i want to see these are the adults in the room but i quote unquote volleyball players i don't care about volleyball but there are people i want to see them be able to do what they do or lacrosse players or track or whatever and that's where like jack's notion of well if you want to go to stadium you go to stadium and you know, if some people get sick, some people get sick. I'm like, well, and no. I, understand, I understand those people with that feeling. And I think we yeah. shouldn't shout those people down. But I no, also I'm think that, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm yeah, not I, saying I, you are. I'm saying yeah, I, I respect people who, you know, I respect people who can say that and not just take the, take the easy way of, hey, we should all lock ourselves in and be there forever. You know, like I, the easy way. See, I'm not so sure, Kat. I no, think people I think there's a popular like, opinion right now from people that you have to say that. And it's and the correct move. I, and, and like the correct, saying, the politically let's, correct let's say, thing. Let's say NFL comes back and they're playing in front of 25% capacity or or yeah, well, be worth whatever. It. And, and, and again, we go back, like, let's say they play in front of empty stadiums, mm-hmm. even though, as Chip Kelly said, well, I mean, it won't be the same. No, I mean, LeBron won't. James said that the second day they were out. He goes, if we're going to play in front of empty, now he may have to, right? Because that's what might happen. Or he loses the season. A, yeah, it might mean a lot for the country if the NBA went to some city that you could go to, and they figured out a way to make it as safe as humanly possible mm-hmm. for these guys to play basketball and have a tournament and have, and people would watch and people, I'm sure, would enjoy it. But is it really necessary? No, I, I don't. I don't. Well, know. and I'll deal with. I'll talk on this end because I've gotten some heat because I I wonder why it took the PIAA in Pennsylvania as long as it did to cancel the rest of the winter sports. and Jersey too. And, right? I mean, well, Jersey face- canceled fairly early. Oh, Pennsylvania okay, canceled yesterday. Right. I saw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, look. Do I feel bad for every kid who was in a state basketball quarterfinal or? a double-A swimmer who didn't get to, to finish their season, absolutely. It's heartbreaking. It's awful. and yeah. I, But there's also a point where you've got to look and say these are just extra, uh, extraordinary times, Yep. and this is the right move. People criticizing Tom Wolf for, for closing schools already, you know, the, the timeline was pretty simple. Even if everything opened up May 3rd, May 1st, okay, which is a Friday. So, in theory, May 3rd or 4th would have been the first day back. You were only going to be back five weeks, six weeks before summer would have come anyway, okay? The, the clock ran out here. You couldn't... There's. Is it easier to just get these kids used to play, uh, having school in a setting on a computer yeah, and just going like this than having to re... You know, and you know this because your wife's in school. I'm Kevin, I told her you work in a school. I told you and her like, we were two done. Days after this happened, we were done. You guys aren't going back till September. Yeah, and I'm hoping that you can go back in September. I'm hoping that it's safe enough. And and think about how many kids you're dealing with, uh, innocent kids. I mean, in, innocent adults. Um, you know, it it, it just makes no sense. All these kids will survive missing two months of school or whatever they're doing at home on the computer. Mm-hmm. Their lives will not be. Now, I feel bad for seniors. I, be, I, oh, I feel, feel awful for, for seniors. seniors. Right. Um, yes. It, because you were looking forward to, to all those things that come with graduation 
and the prom and getting on with your exactly that sucks it absolutely sucks um but you know what i, I mean people are dying <laughs> you know I, I don't know how i can put it any other no. way people are dying and not like five people right you know not, more people have died in new york than died in not not or what was it not they had some stat up there. When you put it into perspective, it's like really, yeah, like twice the amount of t- twice the amount of deaths in this uh, from New York residents than there were in the World Trade Center on September 11th. Yeah, and, and it's going to get worse. I mean, because yeah. you know, and and I I get it that yes, um, if I if I had a if I had a corner grocery store and I was looking at maybe going belly up, yes, I would probably be sitting there going, no, this is you know, we got no. And maybe the corner grocery store is a bad example because they're probably still open. But, you know, some business, uh, maybe I'm a dry cleaner. Maybe I'm a barber. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of women, you know, they have hairdressing salons. They ain't making any money. No. They're, they're sitting there. They got nothing to do. Um, But at some point, I, I like I said, I are on the side of keeping people safe. Safe. I agree. And, and that doesn't mean that I don't think we should not do anything for a year until they have a vaccine. Or whatever, um, but it's you, you got. Like it's I about said, needless. Story, it's about needless risks. The story in the New York Times, and I said I'm just giving this second hand, mm-hmm. basically said that if we go back without adding at least another month, which would take you to Memorial Day, or two months, which would take you almost to Fourth of July, that we are in danger yeah. of having it be just as the numbers being just as bad by that point as if as they it would have been as if we'd done nothing. Right. So then why did we go through all this? Exactly. Uh, you know? I should point out, some of you are tuning in wondering, well, wasn't Kevin Nagandi supposed to be on? And Kevin was, and Kevin reached out to me yesterday. And, we'll get him back. Uh, yeah, Kevin had uh, some work obligations because of the NFL draft coming up sure. uh, for uh, ESPN. So Kevin will join us in the next couple of weeks, we hope. Hey, let me ask you, oh, Kevin. I, 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 let me... Let me oh go over some other things we do have uh we have todd zalecki lined up for tuesday uh zoe will talk about his book on uh, roy halliday which is coming out in may uh please pre-order it on amazon it, i know how much todd has done on that and we'll talk about kind of the state of the baseball season at that point uh and what a baseball writer does when you're not covering baseball and colleen wolf has said she's going to be on still trying to get a hold of uh, shane victorino and have him on here. And uh Yeah, and then when the Eagles draft the linebacker in the first round, then we can ask Colleen what's going that's going to do. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, well apparently some mock drafts now have them taking uh, a defensive player. That that I, I don't I, know. I, I yeah, why not? Um and maybe that's the move. The way they draft, who the hell knows? They haven't done real well. <laughs> it's true. You're a baseball guy. Uh-huh. Okay. And I and I know you you and Jack kind of disagree a little bit there and, and that's good because we get two different opinions and we should. Get different opinions. What do you think? If I'm asking you right now, you're crystal ball. What do you think? I forget the NBA, forget the NHL. I'm just talking about baseball. What do you see happening over the next? Take me out to October Ooh. or November, or or what you think is actually going going to happen in reality? See. There's a couple obstacles that they're going to run into that others aren't. Um, yeah, you know, again, the NBA and the NHL, you can start the playoffs in a neutral site, and you can With try no to fans. 
with no fans. No fans. And you can try to quarantine the teams. Mm-hmm. And half those teams will be gone in a week. That's and true. you don't have That's to true. worry about going on, you know, beyond your training camp. So basically maybe three, four week stretch. Okay. Mm-hmm. If baseball does this and let's take today's proposal as it's a better idea than they had with our, just everybody in Arizona. Cause the Arizona thing, you and I, after we talked on the podcast on Tuesday, we both looked at each other and went, it can never work because of what Bob Brookover said. It's 118 degrees in, in and you're August. You're not playing in the Bob. You're not playing in the, dome. you're not playing every game in a dome. No. Right. Right. Um, and, and, I, do, but do you not agree that the Florida is not a good idea? I'm not in love with it because it doesn't sound like it's going to be a full quarantine. Um, it would there's be a lot of sick. Pe- there's a lot of sick people in Florida. Well, that's one. Two, you're going to have guys probably at their spring. If you're doing it in your spring training sites, guys are going to gravitate back back to their spring training homes that mm-hmm. they rent and everything, and. You run in the weather issues in Florida, um, mm-hmm. especially for those teams. You know, like, yeah, you have obviously the Trop and you got Marlins Park that you can play some of these games in. But, you know, Florida's thunderstorms are legendary. Not all these spring training facilities have great drainage that right. allows you to play. Um, you're already talking a compressed schedule. That's another problem. You're talking you need four weeks to get your pitchers back. That's another problem. Mm-hmm. And if you start this in July and August, what happens to your minor league feeder system? You know, nobody wants to talk about this. Okay. Yeah. But I think that I, I don't think you can worry about that. But, but, but it's what equal, it's equal for every team. So no, but, whatever. but I, the problem is, okay, let's say a pitcher goes down. If you don't have a minor league feeder system ready. Yeah. How do you replace guys? There's so many unanswered questions here. You, you can find you, but you'll find a pitcher, or you'll find he may not be any good. But I think that. But you know where I'm friend, going with this. There, it's yeah, another issue. Today, but my yeah, but you, you got. I think we if we get into all the issues, it'll never happen because you'll sit there and say the, the major issue to me is keeping people safe. And my my friend that I had let me throw this at you, if. And I think one thing Jack said was right on. This could give baseball an opportunity to try a bunch of different things that maybe they've been talking Seven about. Seven inning games, yeah. Whatever. Throw out five things. I don't know, whatever. And could, Because you could do them this year. Well, I think I think you've seen the last game without a DH. Okay. But how about that extra inning rule they were talking about? Like you put a runner on You can see that. Or, yeah, yeah I mean, but you can do any you, of that. You could also but, see, you know, if they're really serious about that, they're going to do grapefruit and cactus leagues for one year. Okay. Right. And the traditional borders of American and national league are down for right. one year. Right. Yeah. It opens the door for p- perhaps radical realignment within the sport, which has been mentioned and nobody really wants to talk about. Yeah. You know, they, they've talked about the idea of getting rid of interleague play here at some point, because it doesn't have the draw unless you're getting Yankees Mets and all that. Well, well, that's because they have they have uneven leagues. It's, right. It's, well, it's fifteen and fifteen. There's yeah, an interleague series every day. Sixteen and fourteen. It seemed like it worked. Right. Because you did you did them at certain spots in the schedule. Now you have a game every night. night. Nobody cares. And so, does that allow you to reorganize it basically into an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference, what National League yeah. Easter? But but if they want to try stuff like this, this is the petri dish. This is the yeah. 
This is the lag. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with American League National League. That's me. If you want to move a team from a league to, you know, if you want to switch these two teams or whatever, I, I'm okay. Like to me, but if you, I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to have, no, if you're going to have a DH as a constant, okay, yeah. it breaks down that National and American League divide even further. Yeah, but I, I, I think we make too much of that. I, I really do. It's, it's when you play the American League teams in their park, you have a DH. You know, when the, when you play in National League Park, you don't. Okay, it's, it's to me, it's not the end of the world. I, I think. People get so caught up sometimes in that, and, and but I mean, to me, the Pirates and the Phillies should be in the same division. That's just me, yeah. You know, I because it was great back in the seventies, you know, the Pirates and the Phillies. But the a friend of mine had this idea: you wait until he threw out the, the June first date, okay? And I don't know if June first is feasible, but let's say June first was feasible, or you know, pick a date and you just pick up the schedule from there. Like, let, let's say for sake of argument, it was July 1st. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll throw another month into the equation. Right. Or June 15th. And you just pick up the schedule. Yeah. So, you know, if the Phillies are playing or supposed to play the Braves on June the 15th, mm. and that's the first night back, that's where you start. And you play you play the rest of the season, and, yeah, there's going to be inequities. But who cares? I would you know? but, like, I, I could see them. I don't necessarily agree with this, but I think I could see them doing divisions of I'll give you an example. Um, Boston, uh, the Red Sox, Yankees, Mets, Phillies, pi- either Pirates or you would probably do Pirates because then you would want to have Orioles, Nationals, uh, Braves, and... Yeah, but that wasn't the one they were talking about. The one I heard, it, it was the Yankees, Phillies, it was definitely Toronto, well, no, 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 no. That was for this year only. I'm saying that beyond uh, it, yeah, I you could see yeah. them do that. But I see. I don't have to do that. I, I don't. I, I don't. Why, why would I? Why would I want to put the Red Sox, Phillies, and Yankees and Mets all in the same division? Why? They. I mean, they're, they're four of the biggest payrolls, or three of the biggest pay. Well, the Mets don't spend. But I'm saying in theory. But if you're a small market team, you're welcoming that. So what? So we're going to have a big market division and a small market division, and then the small. So if the if if the, the the Phillies division that you just mentioned has four great teams, and two of them aren't going to make the playoffs, or mm-hmm. and, and some small market team, uh, Mike, I'm just saying I could see them trying it. I don't necessarily no, I, agree I, with I, it, I but think, I could see them trying. I think we're getting too much into making too many changes. It, it's worked for a long time. The reason people get turned off the baseball is not because of how the divisions are aligned. It's how long the it's game It's because takes. of the game itself on the field. Um, the divisions are fine. I mean, there's some inequities. You know, Texas plays in the in the West. Um, you know, some geographical things aren't, you know, you can't make everything work. But I, I think, it. you know, I mean, maybe you put Tampa and Miami in the same division somehow. Um, maybe you have a South division. You know, Atlanta, Tampa. Like the, you could put the Nationals and Orioles together. Yeah, I just think that, that, that but if you did interleague right, mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily you need that. And then when Baltimore would play Washington, it would be great because, you know, I mean, remember when the Phillies were playing the Red Sox, like, a couple years, and it was great. Yeah. Those interleague games were, all, and I don't even, I didn't like the interleague games when they first bought them in. I really didn't. No. But then when I saw how it worked, I was, you know, and I remember I had to cover a Phillies-Yankees series in like, oh, my God. It was when the Phillies stunk. 
So it would have been like 2001, 2002, somewhere back then. Right. And the Phillies swept the series. And I had to cover the series, the whole, all three games. And the park was rocking and the whole thing. And those geographical things where maybe you don't play all the time, you know, but you play. Like, I don't care if the Phillies ever play the Twins or, or you know, the Royals or whatever. But those geographical things when you get to Boston or the Yankees or, or Baltimore, they were really cool. I mean, I like them, and I don't know how you make that work. Um, but the well, first thing I would do, I would go back to having 16 and 14. I know they didn't want that. I think it's more likely you're going to see 16 and 16. I think they're going to add Well, oh, yeah, No, you're right, Kevin. No, you're, you're absolutely right. There'll be, I think Orlando is uh, – Well, Charlotte, Charlotte wants one. Well, Orlando's got Pat Williams on whoever's yeah. making like their presentation. They, they, but they can't do another team in Florida. The two teams in Florida haven't worked. Yeah, well, but but let me ask you a question. Do you think if Tampa had a a good stadium, it wouldn't work? You know, I I understand the the problem with Florida is you have too much. There's too much, but if and Miami, the ownership just there has been even though they won two World Series, have been awful. Um, you're probably right. So what what, what would you think then? Would you you, you would Charlotte think, is one. Uh, who else? Who else is looking at a franchise? Montreal wants back in. Um, and they didn't. They didn't support it the one time, right? Well, they didn't. Um, I mean, they did until the strike, and then the strike hit. Yeah. And, and Olympic Stadium is it was a gulag, right. and right. Um, Are there any other cities? Well, out there? but I could see. I could see also Montreal getting the race. I could see Montreal going, and if you move Tampa to Montreal, um, and you have them with a natural rivalry with Toronto. Then would you bring would you bring Orlando back at that point? Then into the equation or no? I don't. I think they will stay away from Florida under all circumstances. That's my opinion. The other one, you know, there's Portland, Oregon, which is interesting. I heard that. Yeah, I heard that mentioned. And the one where I think you're going to see more Vegas is a growing market. And oh yeah, I now that Vegas. the now that the the barrier has been broken. Well, what about with, Oakland? Do you think could you see Oakland to Vegas? I think Oakland. Well, Oakland's already put shovel in the ground for the new stadium. So oh, they're getting a new stadium. They're getting a new stadium in like that. three okay. years uh, down near the okay. docks, which will be interesting, um, because they're going to try to do an East Bay with the 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 Giants did on the um, on the west side of the bay. Okay, I got you. Um, I mean, oh, I think Vegas. I think Vegas definitely. I I think you're right. I think in fact, I think at some point. You could even see Vegas having four four teams, like a, a, an NBA team, a, a baseball team. Yeah, I could see that happening. I, I could easily see that happen. Oklahoma City would be another spot, perhaps. Yeah. There's a lot of oil money in Oklahoma City, um, and yeah, they've, I, and they've yeah. supported the Thunder pretty well. Okay. Uh, and okay. there's and look, there's a big baseball background. I mean, they've had a Triple A team for forever. Okay. Um, I you know could I, you know but. There's there's more options there than there's been in the last ten years. Okay, so it'll go to thirty two, and you and you go to sixteen sixteen, but that still doesn't solve your um, interleague problem, then because well, no, it would. This, you you yeah, can you have uh, the same number, right? Well, instead as opposed to fifteen fifteen, but then you have oh, okay. the odd. So, would, so they could go back to the idea of having little slots during the year where everybody was playing interleague, or you just play your sixteen games and you ignore interleague, which I think is a popular. Okay. Belief to do. See, Betsy, I think 10 years ago, I think interleague play really did a lot for the sport. 
and I wasn't I wasn't a proponent of interleague play. I like the idea you only play them in the World Series or the All Star game, whatever. But it seemed like peep fans really caught into that. That you know, okay, for it was this a sugar high. We're playing interleague. You know, sugar high. I agree with you, but that sport might need a sugar high. Thank you. Know? Um, I I just thought it was a good through, thing. Through all this, by the way, the team that's benefited the most through all this. I'm not sure we mentioned this on the podcast the other night, but I was talking to somebody. The team that's benefited through all this has been the Houston Astros, who, by the time this is all done, are not going to have the scorn of going to Yankee Stadium, probably, and having to face all these fans, and everything that took place well before with with the cheating scandal and all that and all the revelations it all kind of seems silly now when you've gone through the other, you know, as you're getting through the other side of this. Yeah, pandemic. but people won't forget. People, people will have, and, and we haven't heard anything about the Red Sox, right? No, they're uh, waiting. I think till this is all done okay. to make it. An I agree with you to a point. This year they will get let off the hook, but I will guarantee you. Um, and I don't know if there's going to be a season. How the season's going to play out? Will, you know, would the Astros win the championship? Well, who knows? I think next year though. I don't think people will ever forget what happened. Not so much because it happened. Well, the well, their fellow the players they, forget. The way they, I think, fans and players are, because of the way they reacted to it. Mm-hmm. They reacted with like, yeah, so what? You know, we, we, you know, their owner was an arrogant idiot. Uh, the players, when they talked, they were stupid in, in what they said. Um, the Bregmans you know, of the world. We, we yeah. won, what was the one guy, Correa? We won fair and square. No, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't win fair and square. And I'm not saying the, the venom will be there maybe like it would have been this year, but it won't go away. I can guarantee it, especially the Yankees, especially yeah. uh, the Dodgers, if they ever, you know. Interleague, right. The Dodgers. I, no, I think there'll be a certain level. That I don't think the fans will ever forget. Um. As players move on, yeah, the, 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 you know, I, but I still think it's going to take a little time. It's just like with the Patriots. When the Patriots were accused of all that crap, it goes away at some point. Right. But it doesn't go, you know, there's still people to bring up the flake gate. Yeah. Um, you know. That was one thing that got, they, yeah. that was one thing that got left out of the Stern interview. You with. know, if Houston, think about this, Kevin, and you covered baseball for a long time. Yeah. If the I lost my hair because of it. Go ahead. I lost my hair because of something. <laughs> if they came out when they when the announcement came down, right? If they had come out and been so, and been just remorseful you know, and remorseful, if they had come out and said, you know what? Yeah, they they, they screwed it up. Yeah, we don't we don't think you should take our championship away because we did win it on the field, but we understand that people are going to feel a certain way about. I'm sorry, it. And, and this is where Manfred could have been huge by saying put an asterisk next to it. Or, or something, whatever you were, what were you saying he should have done? You, you can't vacate the title, but you can't, you can say. You censor it, it or something? What do you do with no, it? No, no, you basically, you basically put an asterisk next to it and say, okay. it's just, you know. And if, the, if, if Altuve had come out and said, you know what, it was wrong. We shouldn't have done it. We, yeah. we apologize for doing it. Uh, we know we hurt some people, but we, you know, we did win the championship. You, you know, we, we still feel like we were the best team. If he had said it that way. I mean, I, I I wouldn't have totally said oh, it's it's okay, but I would said okay. You know what? You made a mistake. 
you, you know, you, 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 you know, but they didn't, they were basically flipping the middle finger to you. Yeah. Especially that owner. I mean, you know, he don't care. What, what does he care? And the only way that they would have stopped that is to take the title away from them. But I don't think, I don't think they could have done that. I really don't. I, I just don't think Manfred could have went that far. You well, know? Uh, we should point out also, uh, as we move forward here, uh, before hey, we... one thing before you say that, because I just thought this, you were talking about the high school sports and you know, yeah. PIAA. Wait, there was a basket, a longtime basketball referee over in Jersey, yeah, John Durr, I think his name was, I believe so, who died. Phil Anastasia, is it Phil Anastasia, yeah, wrote a great, a great column with it, yeah. And so, people that tell me, well, I feel bad for the for this, I get it. Here's a referee who died. Maybe because he refed one of the last games. I don't know this, you know, how he got the disease, but he died. Mm-hmm. And he's just as much a part of this as the players, the coaches, um, whatever. And and when when that sinks in, puts a human you know, face on going, it. Yeah. And, and okay. And I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no. Um, so, and I mentioned this earlier with Jack and everything the XFL. Which, uh, yeah, how about that? Yeah. You know, honestly, I thought it was a better, I, I watched a couple weekends of it. I thought it was a better brand of football than the original. Um, PJ Walker did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a shame. I mean, because there's a lot of people, there's a couple of people I know who work in the XFL. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and who, you know, I can't, it's just bad timing. It's just awful timing. Hey, uh, Kevin, I started working, we started getting, allegedly paid for betters inside or like, you know, and three weeks later, there's no, nothing to bet on. No. And we're in a state of limit. Look, I'm not big on minor league sport. And I classify that as a minor league sport. It was developmental just, league. Yeah. That's just never been my thing. All those kind of leagues. But my heart goes out to just like you said, people will think of the players, but how many people had jobs with those teams or with the league mm-hmm. who may never now get that chance. You know, Jay Wright spent a year, Working with the Philadelphia Stars. There was a former head of Sixers PR department who was actually in charge of the league's PR wing for the XFL guy we know and who I liked. Uh, uh, And, and, you know, now he's out of a job and everything. So there's a real toll. And look, I think we're going to see that in the major sports too. If we don't get back in the, we don't get back in the buildings and everything. There's going to be layoffs. There's no doubt about it. At some point oh, here, there's going Kevin, to be layoffs, going to be in, layoffs in the sports in industry. Depart- there's going to be layoffs in college departments. Yeah. Go, Look, I'm rooting for this thing to be to be over, like every other American. Yeah. I tend to think it's not going to be that simple. No. Um, I, I mean the the the, the, the NFL and the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball. We'll figure out a way to withstand this because of how yeah. big they are. And when it does come back, um, people will support it, I think. I- I'm pretty sure. Colleges are totally different. Those college programs support the whole university. I mean, will Temple be able to have a football program or a volleyball program or whatever if like, they miss a football season? Yeah. I don't know. With Penn, you know, I mean, how much money does Penn State's football program generate? You know, right? Um, and then there's people that work within the university that have jobs because of the football program, or maybe it filters down. 
this is going to have so many ramifications that we haven't even thought about, you know, because we're so focused on getting sports back and playing sports. You know what? Maybe Kirk Herbstreit, maybe Dabo Swinney will be right. I got and some I got some broadcasting news for you. You would, would you love good sure. broadcasting news? There's actually Absolutely. there's actually a three prom well, a two prom thing. Uh that's separate. Uh we've been talking about the Monday night football booth for a while now and how ESPN tried to get Peyton Manning. They tried to get Tony Romo, they struck out on them. They were taking aim at Drew Brees um to not this year, but in the future, sign a contract with them that would guarantee that he would become the new main voice of Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um, he has turned them down and signed a contract that will begin when he retires from the Saints, which is presumably at the end of this year. I thought he had two years. Yeah, there's talk that he that's a salary cap. Okay, I got thing. you. Okay, okay. Uh, he is signing with NBC. Okay. That when he retires, he will be groomed as the replacement for Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, I don't know if Drew Brees is going to be any good in the booth. Who knows? I think Peyton Manning would have been, but I don't know that until, I mean, I didn't think Tony Romo was going to be as good as he is. Right. Um. You know, Um. I mean, I'm not, see, Chris Collinsworth doesn't bother me as much as he bothers no. a lot of people. I think I don't think he's the greatest guy who's ever done it, but I think he's far from the worst. And I'll go back to my point about because uh, I saw Booger McFarland on one of the morning shows on ESPN recently. He's very good when he's doing that. He's very good. He's knowledgeable. He doesn't he he speaks in a way that you sit there and go, yeah, I can listen to this guy. But when they put him in that booth, they just totally miscast him. And yeah. I even think if they had put Booger on a college telecast, well, I think he would have done much better. They're saying that Breeze, by the way, if Collinsworth isn't ready to leave, Breeze will start on in their football in their analyst speak uh, in the studio, and right. also and also do Notre Dame games. Okay, uh, I can sure why not and, and groom him that way to get him ready. And ESPN, meanwhile, will search to replace continues its search to replace both Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland. Internally, Steve Levy is considered a strong candidate for the play for the play by play position. I like Steve. Along with uh Adam Amin, Dave Pash, who's the voice of uh the Arizona Cardinals at this point, and Bob Washusen, while ESPN for the analyst is looking at Dan Orlovsky, Lewis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. So you know, I I I think Dan Orlovsky has his moments when he's really good. Riddick is really good. See, Rick, Dan Orlovsky gets too into that um, um, hot take kind of thing. Yeah, I don't like that. I think Lewis Riddick would be tremendous. But he's tremendous at what he does now. Being the guy in the analyst seat where you got to make comments after every play is is a different ball game. It's it's a totally different game. Uh, I think Orlovsky would talk too much. To be honest with you, that that's just my opinion. I think Dan's good, but I think Dan's better as a studio guy. That's me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, like I said, Dan's into the hot takes, you know, and, and that's what he does really well. And that's why he fits well when he's on the, the morning shows or, or whatever. Um, I, 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 I go back to my point. I think Booger is fine 
if you put him in the right setting. Mm-hmm. I think if they had said the booger booger, we're going to have you on the college football, um, you know, with Chris Fowler and and um, Herb Street, maybe even as a third guy there. Um, I think he'd be fine. Um, but when they but they put him in that role and they had him right, they had him what Roman, yeah, were, you know, he was all over the stadium or whatever. And when you got to talk in fifteen inch, fifteen second sound bites. It's not easy, Kevin. No. It's it's not, you know, and some guys, the guys who are good at it are tremendous at it. Also, also on a different topic, CBS is replacing Dan Fouts as the number two analyst. Uh, See, I I, I think Dan's good. I never thought Dan was, like, great, but I thought he was good. Yeah. They're looking to replace him with one person I can't, I, I don't normally say I despise, but. I cringe every time I see he's assigned to an Eagle game or a game I'm watching. And that's Charles Davis. Uh, CBS. I, is, I'm not a big Charles Davis. And I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a great seems, guy. I've met him a couple times. He's like a great guy, but I agree with talks you. Talks too much. Davis. And I don't think he, I think he talks too much. He tells you things that you already knew. Yeah. You know, he's like one of those masters of the obvious. Um, uh, You know, the, the thing that makes a great commentate, a, a great analyst to me, is when he tells you stuff you don't know. I think that's what Romo does really well. Um, you know, when he's trying to tell you what play is going to come up. or you know, th- I think he does that really well. And I think the best ones, you know, that's what made Madden great. Yeah, Madden was just out there talking yeah. to you like you're on a street corner somewhere. Hey, thump, thump, you know. Um, uh, you know, it, it's just, and then you have to have a chemistry with the guy you're working with. You know, some are all in Madden where, <laughs> well, they, they were outstanding. I mean, you know, back to the breeze thing for one second. And, and look, you're right. I mean, you don't know who's going to be good until they get into a booth. And I think breeze could be good. Sure. I agree. Um, I mean, I thought Jason Witten would be good too. And that didn't turn out so great, but it just shows how far Monday night football has fallen here. Those Monday names football is not Monday night football. No. Kevin. Kevin, when I was growing up, and you were too young, but I was there when Monday Night Football came into being. Right. I was like 10 years old, 11 years old. It was, but you got to take it in the context. There was no Thursday Night Football. There was no Sunday anything. Night Football. You know, we were living in an era where college is on Saturday. You might get two games. Mm-hmm. You might get an early game and a late game. NFL was the same way. You got the one and the four. That was it. That's what you got. Monday Night Football became the circus was coming to town. Howard's coming. Don Meredith is coming. Um, it was huge. And when did Sunday Night Football come in? I'm trying to remember. Well, it came like, in when, back in like the 80s with ESPN and TNT. It's been around that long. Okay. Right. But it, it, in sure. 2006, it went to commercial television with NBC. Okay. You ask any NFL player now, like Monday Night Football was the must watch game for the whole Wait. world. Yeah. Sunday night football is now the game that it, cause it's like the last game on Sunday. It's like, what do they build it as national? They, they have a name the for ga- it. Right? Nash, the, the national America's game of the week or something. America, like and they're absolutely right. And Monday is almost an afterthought. Now it's not. And plus you have the Thursday, the Sunday, the, the Monday, like you don't know you're going to get good matchups on Monday night. Not that all the and, and, that, and that's the main thing that good. you can, well, on Sunday night now you could switch out games Later in the right. season to make sure you right. get a, a game that has importance. Right. I think the other part of it too. Look, by the time Monday night rolls around, you're right. 
having having your college games on Thursday, yeah. having your your NFL game on Thursday night now. Right. You have basically from noon to two AM college football on Saturday. Yep. And, and then Friday, Big Ten, right? Big Ten. You have a Big Ten. You usually have the outliner game on Friday the outlier game on Friday. Right. Plus you if you live in some areas of the country, you have big high school football Absolutely. games on Friday. By the time Sunday comes in, you know, when they're playing in England, you're starting at nine thirty in the morning. Yeah. And you're going all the way to midnight. Monday night is just fatigue. You're almost it is. It, it's overdone. You know, you know what Monday night is? The game where you bet to, to get your money back that you lost. That's right. And but back in my day, when it first came in, like I said, there was no prime time. There oh. was no prime time Saturday. There was no prime time. You know, like you said, there's always a great college game on Saturday night or two. Yeah. You know, Alabama's playing LSU or, or something like that. And Ohio um, State in yeah, like Wisconsin or something. Yeah. When I was growing up, I, I always told people that I was a Notre Dame fan and a Penn State fan because they had highlight shows of those two teams mm-hmm. every week on like – those were the only teams. You didn't see teams like you see teams now. You know, you, you you might get, and there was a rule, you could only be on like two or three times a year, I think. So, like, USC could only be on two or three times a year. That and Notre Dame was always USC right. and Michigan State were There's always the two. Like yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and you get Texas, Oklahoma, and you get you get Oklahoma, Nebraska. But I'm just saying is get, it You would get Michigan, Ohio State. Ba- no. You never saw Baylor. Okay. No. Like, Baylor, it was just like back in those days, the ACC had a college, um, the ACC game of the week or something. Raycom. Yeah, Raycom. And it was awesome because that was the only time you saw like a national college game. It but, wasn't, But, you but know, think about this. World. Think about this, Mike. And I can tell you th- this ties in with the whole. I can, t- I can remember that it took me till about seven. T- I was 16 or 17 years old before I sat and watched Auburn, Alabama. Auburn and Alabama. Like, right. you would see Alabama occasionally. Maybe against right. Georgia, maybe. But to sit and watch the Iron Bowl, it was not appointment viewing for us in right. this portion of the country. We but were there f- was no there was no appointment viewing because Michigan Ohio the, State was usually appointment viewing. Right, but yeah, like the end of the season games, the Michigan Ohio State, the Nebraska Oklahoma, they were always late in the year. They yep. were, they always had national title ramifications kind of thing. But Notre Dame USC. Yeah, it was a different world. Yeah, but USC, UCLA wasn't like a big deal. I no, mean, but Notre Dame USC used to be the last Dame, game when USC it was in California. Was that was yeah. yes, that was huge. I'm um, trying to think of a couple others that might have fit into that. Texas was pretty good back then. Um, Penn State, obviously, we would get, you know either Penn State would have a couple big games. Penn State Pitt. Yeah, and um, but the world has totally changed. It, it's not even. It doesn't even nearly. I mean, now you got Mac games on a Wednesday. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, Toledo's playing Ball State. Do you think um, we've oversaturated the market with with football in the fall? We've oversaturated everything, Kevin. Yeah, college basketball, we've oversaturated it. We've got the NBA is oversaturated. Everything, the whole world. That, but that's what we want. It's cable TV now. People, you know, the betting wasn't what it was thirty five, forty years ago. Um, it's just a different world. I mean, you got – it used to be a big deal in college basketball. I remember even going back, like, to when Cheney in the early 90s. Cheney would schedule games to get on TV. 
Yeah. That was like a big deal. He would play Arizona. Like, Played out at UNLV. He would play, he would do things like that to partially to get into the NCAA tournament, but partially to get on TV. I would venture to wager that this year, 25 of Temple's 30 games were on some kind of TV. Yeah. It's a to, you know, Temple's games back then, Temple went to St. Bonnie, it wasn't on TV. You know, it just wasn't. I'm not even sure all the Temple UMass games were on TV, to be honest with no, you. No, actually, the one I know at um, the one at McGonagall was not on television. The one like the year right after the um, the choking incident or, or, or the incident at UMass, the Amherst yeah. incident. Yeah, I don't I'm, think that was on television. Well, the game, I was there that night. The game after the choking incident was because it was a 930 game. And Jim Valvano, I think, was the was doing the um, free ESPN right. the color. Um, that was the loudest I ever heard McGonagall. That, and when they beat Marcus Camby's team, either a year or two later, when Temple wasn't real good, and they they knocked them off, and UMass scored like thirty nine points or something. The, the, the two times I was in McGonagall, where where I couldn't hear you if you were sitting next to me, right? We couldn't have a conversation. It was unbelievable. But the world and people look. People who are like 30, 35 years old now, I understand why they don't, you know, why they don't get it because they haven't known anything different. This is how it is. I mean, you don't even need a TV anymore, Kevin. You can just stream it on your, your phone. phone. I mean, um, you know. So we asked for questions uh, on Twitter the other night. Um, and we got a couple. Mike answered a couple on Twitter, so that kind of uh, defeated the purpose. Um but top three, our buddy Philly Sports Nut. Top three Philly Sports Radio host or shows. Want to take a guess on this one? Philly Sports Radio. Philly Sports Radio. Okay, I don't get up early enough in the morning to to. But I'm I'm guessing Angelo's got to be one of them. I, I would I, I would put him top of the list. Yeah. Right. I don't. I just don't see how you can have a list without Angelo. My second would be Jody Mack. I would agree. I think Joe, Jody Mack is the best listen over now. What's it been? Twenty five years? Yeah, um, give or take. Um, and the but, spot uh, he's in right now is perfect for him after games. Uh, the reaction. You, you can put Jody Mack on. He's been with Glenn. He's been. He's, he's had several partners. Mm-hmm. And my third would be Ray D. Well, Mack now and Dittinger, I'm assuming. Mack now and Dittinger. Yes, I think that is the most listenable show. When I'm driving around on a Saturday or a Sunday, and even like when, when Rob Ellis fills in, I, I love, and, and sometimes Rube fills in, but when Glenn and Ray are on there, mm-hmm. it is to me must listening, especially during the seasons, like when, yeah. when they'll be talking about the Eagles, because um, Ray's Mister Football. I mean, you know that's his wheelhouse. So they would be my three. I would agree. I wish you could expand the list of five. Uh, look. I mean, well, go five. But, give me two more. Well, I'll give you two more. I, I think Miss Anelli show. I, I love the Miss Anelli show right now in its form. With I've, Tyrone, always, I've always liked Mike. I've, with I've Tyrone and Mike. Natalie and all that, I think is is really entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Mike. I think Mike's sharp. I think Mike can be funny. I know Mike can piss people off because he goes some areas. Well, that, sometimes Mike can be too Mike, and he and he knows. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. He, he can be too, I'm like Mizzanelli and you're not. But that's okay. That's because what that's, made him that's good. Mike. That's, that's a little bit of Mike. 
but I enjoy listening to him. I I think you know if we're going, who'd be your, who'd be your fifth? I'm gonna go Steve Fredericks. Boy, see, there's a name I'd forgotten about. Um, Steve-O it, was really good for a really long time. My first radio show I ever did on IP was with Steve. They put me on with Steve, I think, once or twice, and he kept calling me Mark, which was which is hilarious. <laughs> and, um, and then I, then my, the second show or the third show I ever did was with Glenn. So I, I got to see Steve and Glenn up close, which was pretty cool, I thought. Miss um, Nelly and Fredericks did the, the afternoon show for years on IP yeah, together. But the other person that I like, and, and maybe I like Anthony. Um, I think Anthony, and sometimes like Mike, he can be a little too Anthony. Mm-hmm. But that's part of being on the radio. That's part of having a personality. That's part of who you who they are. What makes them. But Anthony's very knowledgeable. He he, he doesn't talk down to people. Um, which I can't stand when people talk down to people. And I, I but but you know what? There's a balance here too because I don't want guys who don't give opinions. Right. There are there are a number of them now who I think are very milk toast on opinions. Okay, or you don't know the validity of their opinions. See, I think nowadays, Kevin, people have too many opinions. Well, or because that's what well, they, that's, that's what where I'm kind of going with it is they have an opinion for show as opposed to an opinion that they honestly yeah, feel. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And I mean, like, with, like with Anthony, he gets too much sometimes into that, hey, yeah, okay, you know, the cuz thing. You, know, I love our you do sound alike, by the way. I know. I'm cuz light. But if, if when Anthony's not doing that, you can sit there and listen to Anthony. And I just think he's really – him and Mike are both good listens. Mm-hmm. To, in my, and I'm not trying to down any of the guys that I'm not listening here. I, I, there's there's a lot of guys who I could certainly put on this list, and you know Anthony and Mike have been around a while. They've been doing this for Jody's been doing it for a while. Yeah, you know, all the guys well, we mentioned have been doing it forever. Yeah, and that, and that's one of those things that you know, I don't want to say it's a it's distressing, but I think that maybe maybe it's a generational thing for me. Like you know, you know, Angelo's turned sixty nine. Uh, Anthony uh, Anthony and Mike are not young. Um, Anthony's still fairly. Mike's about my age. Right. I but, think but you're talking about age. guys who are closer to the end than the beginning. Yeah. They, they would like you saying that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you know. I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're Ray saying. Ray and Glenn are both. But uh, that's why we see now a lot of younger guys being on the air, whether we like it or not. And some of them are very good. Some are very but good. The that's what they want. That's the, 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 um, the uh, demo that they're going for, the, the, you know, the 30 year old guy or the, you know, and people would say, well, Mike, 30 year old guys don't want to listen to you. Okay. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny how people want to listen to Ray and he's like 70. Yeah. You know, or and Glenn's not that young. I mean, Glenn's Glenn's people, gotta be my age. People don't least. listen to their fathers, but people listen to their grandfathers. You know, I hate I, saying I, it that way, I, but you know what I listen to Kevin comments when people come on, they're not talking down to me. They're not. It's not shock radio. They're not throwing uh, out um, hot takes. They're just speaking. They're making sense. And all those people that we mentioned, pretty much. I, I know Angelo goes off the deep end because that's the nature of that show. Right. I get that. But you take Ray, Glenn for the most part, Jody for sure, Steve Fredericks. Yeah. Um, all those guys pretty much try to. I'm going to hate saying try to keep it real. 
Yeah. You know, they try to keep it and they're going for ratings. I, they have to do stuff sometimes to get ratings. That's how they're paid. That's what they're judged on. But, you know, it's uh, tough. Hey, it's tough to do. It's tough to do what Mike and Anthony and Angelo and and do five and, days a week. And Angelo's a little different because he's got a show with people on it and he, and he can defer to characters. You know, Mike's got to go on that show and talk for four hours. I know Tyrone can jump in sometimes, but that's basically his thing. And now Anthony, now that he's solo again, he's got to do four hours. He's got Saltunas on there. That's not easy. It's it's not easy coming in every day, especially during this thing. Oh. And trying to find stuff to talk about, you know? Um, I, 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 you know, sometimes I'll be sitting there going, ah, Mike, you know, you, you were a horse's batute today. And then I'll sit there and go, you know what? No, 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 no. You know, he's trying to fill four hours. And he's doing the best he can. And you're not always going to hit a home run every day. That's that's just the way that goes. Um. So what is on tap for Easter weekend here for, for the current household besides two Diane? people sitting in the house? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think's on tap? I don't, I, somebody asked me, somebody asked me real nice. Is your daughter coming up? She lives in Baltimore. And I said, why would I invite my daughter? Well, you know, she's not, she, you're not going to get sick. I said, that's not the point. We're doing a virtual Easter. We're doing a virtual too with, yeah. with the people we would normally get together. I just heard a distressing story today. I went up to one of my favorite steak sandwich places and the guy was telling me, I said, if you, is anybody, you know, like been impacted or anything, mm-hmm. they have a neighbor who apparently the guy worked in New York. He was an older gentleman. He was a butcher or something. I don't know. Long story short, three members of their family got infected. They're old. You know, right. One was a great two have died and the other is like about to die. So you know what? I'm not going out of my house and I understand everything Jack was saying. That's fine. I mean, I go out of my house. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, um, no, I know what you're saying. And, and I can tell you, um, you know, I've been very fortunate, you know, that, you know, everybody I know is, is healthy and safe and knock on wood that everything is good. Um, there's, but you know, sooner or later, we're going to know somebody. Yeah. Well, we're I actually, I do know, uh, a, a, uh, young uh, young lady, I'll tell her, I'll say it, Annie uh, Smith, who's a flight attendant um, who uh, has been battling this for about two weeks, uh, basically. Uh, she's she's getting better. Um, she's been cleared of the pneumonia, which is good. Uh, she's she still, has to go in the hospital? No, she's been isolated, okay. though, for okay. over two weeks because of the fevers and everything. Right. Uh, she gets winded easy and all that. Does and somebody look in on her, like, to check on her, Kevin? Like, yeah. Like, take her temper? Yeah, like, there, I think her roommate also may have had it, so it Okay, was, I got you. Okay. Um, okay. You know, but she was, she, you know, on an airplane. You know, we've talked a lot about nurses and doctors and everything. You know, the people in grocery stores, and I'm biased, obviously, because my mom works at an Acme. Um, the, the po- police and fire, obviously, um, the guys who pick up your trash. P- yeah. Sanitation, and girls, the guys and gals, who sanitation, uh, you know, uh, the people it, who are driving the trucks around to get your food to, to yeah, the your cl- mailman, your, you know, your mailman, your, um, there's so many people who don't have the option of staying home. Nope. And so, and, um, as we, oh, hit- I know, I do know what I'm doing. One other thing for Easter though, we're going up. My grandson, you know, lives up in Warminster. Right. We got, he loves Pez's, you know, the Pez thing. Right. So I got him a whole bunch of Pez stuff. So we're going to go up, we're going to leave it on their door. 
and we're, we're going to, you know, he can open the door and we'll just wave to him or something. Yeah. And, you know, but I, I thought about that. I, I thought maybe I should invite my daughter up or, or maybe we should go to their house. And then I'm thinking, why? Like, they'll be Easter next. My birthday's next week. My birthday, if I celebrated at home with my wife doing nothing, that's what I'm going to do. And my birthday next year, hopefully, this will mostly be behind us by that point. And I can go out to Del Frisco's or I can do something or have a cheesesteak somewhere. I don't know. Um, It's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. I just don't want us to take a step back. To, no, to think that we can take a step back, to think that we can, we've been so good in America for the most part mm-hmm. about following what they've told us to do. And Fauci comes on her every night and says, the reason why we're doing better than we thought is because you're doing this. Yeah. So I'm like, well, why stop? And I get it when the president sits there and says, through no fault of his, he's got to look out for business too. That's a big thing for him. He had the economy, you know, in a pretty good spot. And so you got to weigh those two. And, you, and his toughest task as president is going to be navigating us through this. They were asking him questions today about, you know, are you going to listen to your, your medical team? Like, if your medical team says, we can't go back May 1st, what are you going to do? Yeah. And his answer, I thought, was, was he said, look, I'm going to listen to him. I'm going to talk to him. And then we're going to make a decision. Well, and, Sooner or later, Kevin, he's going to have to make a decision. Yeah, and it's going to. We're going to go back, and you and I might sit here and criticize. And say, oh, I, I think it's too soon, but there'll be other people who will be saying it's too late. Well, you know, we hope everybody has a, a nice, safe, peaceful Easter uh, or Passover or whatever yeah. you're celebrating. Obviously, yep. this weekend. Uh, enjoy- Today's Good Friday. Does it feel like Good Friday to you? No, uh, you know, this is because I'm Catholic. I always believed it always rained between 12 and 3 when I was growing up on Good Friday, which is there the, you go. which is the 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 hour of um that is believed Jesus was on the cross. So, um but no, it, it it's a you know, it's been a it's been a weird couple weeks here. Hopefully things are getting better. Um you know, it's tough I to say that with all, the, I think it's I tough to say that with 18,000 dead, but Kevin, I think we knew that people were going to die. Yeah. I mean, people, I think we're headed in the right direction. Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, I agree. And but then uh, you hear so many stories from other parts of the world. You know, apparently people now are saying, well, the United Kingdom didn't do it the right way. Right. Um, I don't know what you could do. You at know, this point. and this and that, and you sit there and you go, my God, you know, what if America does what we're supposed to do? Right. And other parts of the world screw it up. So next week we have Todd Zalecki on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be taping that uh, two o'clock, Mister Kern. If you need to uh, budget your time for Tuesday, I think there's an American experience on at two o'clock, man. I, you got me all hooked on that stuff. Now. I, I did. I missed McCarthy today. I didn't know how it ended. Um. So that that's on Tuesday. Uh. So we we'll, we will join you Tuesday night. Again, Colleen Wolf. We're hoping next week, Kevin Nagandi in the co- next couple. I hope weeks. everybody out there has a as, as good of an Easter or a Passover as you can have you under can the circumstances. Possibly have, yeah. and just think about how good next year is going to feel Once when we you get can really it. do it. Yep. So for Mister Kern, I'm Mister Cooney. Happy
Happy Easter, everybody. Happy holidays. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe and take care.